welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping product managers become product masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, your host, and this is where you make your move from product manager to product master. This podcast is to help you excel as a product manager and innovator. And I also provide specific online courses crafted to make you successful and to stand out from your peers. You'll find more about that at the same place where the show notes for this episode are. And that's the everydayinnovator.com slash 139. The topic of this episode is crisis management, meaning a crisis that threatens the reputation of a brand or a product. Now, product managers aren't often involved in crisis management until the crisis actually happens. And that's because if the crisis does involve a product, you'll need to help with the issues. Also, as you take on more leadership responsibilities through your career, it becomes more likely that if a crisis does occur, that you'll be part of the team helping to manage the problem. No organization wants to be in a crisis situation, but when it happens, people who know how to respond are highly valued. To explore this topic, I spoke with Jim Parham, Jim is the Chief Operating Officer at High Runs, an advertising and public relations company based in Indianapolis. He is also a lead crisis communication manager and finally known by customers and employees as the professor, in part for his deep thinking, as well as for teaching part-time at the Indiana University. And he brings a background in journalism and senior leadership of large organizations, including serving as the VP of Marketing. I hope you're not involved in a crisis management situation. But when it happens, knowing what Jim shares will help you be more proactive instead of reactive. Jim, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators. Well, I'm glad to be here. It sounds like an exciting hour we got planned. I, I think it will be great fun. And I uh, don't know a lot about crisis management, except for what I you'll see in the news and uh, the, the stories that pop up about how companies get themselves in trouble is always very interesting to me. So let's first start with, I think, getting your hands around a story would be a good way to understand crisis management. Can you describe a crisis situation that we might recognize? Let's get past United for a minute. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, the brand, uh, United Airlines, uh, had an unfortunate incident. I'm sure they've had many, but when you have a social media and viral vet, you know, viral video out there now, things explode on the surface very quickly. So uh, when you look at something like that, uh, that's, that's unexpected, unplanned and generates a tremendous amount of angst and concern, maybe even dramatically impacts your bottom line, like the half a billion dollar stock loss for a few days for United. You know, we all should be, no matter if you're a project manager, a product manager, or even a crisis communicator, you have to be mindful that in today's world, it's become uh, uber intensive as it relates to possible crisis generated from all aspects of your business. So uh, uh, I think the, 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 the thing I like to talk about uh, in, in telling a little story or a little allegory is that I find as I come into a situation like recently uh, uh, where I was asked uh, by uh, a technology firm who was pro- providing a tremendous amount of uh, work and support to state governments around the, around the country. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we learned uh, through their law firm that the CEO had been uh, uh, indicted and was 
probably going to play play out on some money issues related to his independent work outside the company. And uh, well, that broke in the news, and uh, they didn't know what to do. And of course, lawyers were scrambling and said, you know, call us, call Hirons, and see what's going on. Uh, we got on the phone uh, uh, and and worked quickly to develop uh, some responses to the uh, internal staff. We worked quickly to provide responses to the external customer. Uh-huh. And then we worked on what ended up being a fairly high visibility uh, issue among the online press and traditional media. In that situation, uh, we were working with uh, senior counsel, working with outside counsel, making decisions about what to do as it related to the business and its ongoing opportunities. And then we get something thrown in like this, one of the state governments canceled their contract because they read the story uh, so or put it in suspense. So all these actions, you know, happened quickly. It was yeah. a horrible uh, a crisis. The employees were totally distraught, thought the jobs were going away. The cash flow had stopped from some government contract. I mean, there was a, so much. It was sort of cataclysmic in a way. And that's all related to how could we handle the crisis both internally and externally. I know that's a long story, but that's that's basically where we ended up, and it, it uh-huh. turned out okay. You know, you know, as we were preparing for this interview and talking about uh, you know what this really means for product managers, the United example, and there's unfortunately been too many recently on United, right? From from the first uh, right. family that had bought the seat for their child, and the the other child was sitting in the seat, and they lost the seat to a standby passenger to the doctor who was physically pulled off of the plane and other things that, you know, these are big profile things. And as you and I were chatting before too, a lot of this impacts product managers because if it's a crisis, which it often is, not just over the customer experience, but over the implications of a product, the product managers sooner or later are going to be talked to about, you know, what are the aspects of the product that led to that situation? And we find ourselves being part of this. Absolutely true. I'll tell you a quickie. Uh, uh, when it relates to product managers, uh, I have a large uh, zoological society that I represent, and they have a large theme park, a zoo, zoological park, and that is a large theme park. They developed uh, uh, a uh, innovative new ride that went above all the zoo and all this. It was quite interesting. First in the nation, first ever built. Well, unfortunately, it was defective. Mm. Uh, beta test didn't go well, and we had small children stranded oh, about 100 feet above the lion pen. Oh, no. And uh, due to the product uh, issues, uh, there wasn't, had really had not been able to develop the safety protocols correctly on bringing people down. So they did high ladder fire department rescues of people out of buckets on rides. Now, we had so many questions for the people who developed the product, who developed the right, so many questions for the people who managed it. What What is happening? What is going on? Well, it repeated itself several times. In the crisis management session, there was the leadership there was the PR people like me, and there were a whole bunch of people from the product side saying, well, we don't know, tolerances, heat, wind, oh, my gosh. So don't kid yourself, man. We'll bring in the product people right away when there's a question about a product or of something that's being exposed out there. So, uh-huh. boy, 
all of us can get involved in crisis management very quickly. Yep, that's an excellent point. As an aside, as you were talking through a little bit, you know, the United Story and then the technology firm that you were involved with too, I recalled this movie, I don't know if you've ever, ever seen it, called uh, Thank You for Smoking. Yes, uh-huh. So, so a lot of people are annoyed by the title, and I get that. And But there's this character, Nick, basically works for the tobacco industry to promote tobacco. And mm-hmm. he is a spin meister in this movie. And he's just yes. very good at always positioning the the optimistic, the positive side of anything. And Nick's character <laughs> evolves through the movie to become a person who I don't know if this is a fair characterization of the actual industry, but he looks like the person at the end of the movie who just helps company leaders with with public crises. Well, that is fantasy, and that is Hollywood. <laughs> what happens in reality is I think a lot different. There are many instances where you cannot put a positive spin on something. Mm -hmm. Um, What you can do is what I call triage or, you know, uh, emergency fixes. But sometimes, so if you look at scandal on television or go to the house of car, all these shows are all these young people sort of like it. It's really cool. It's neat. Crisis management. But the bottom line is, you can only be as good as the responsible party's actions. In other words, right. if you were delivered a lemon and it's a bad lemon, sometimes you're not going to be able to make lemonade. And if you do, it's going to be very bad. So my point would be uh, there's a lot of things that don't get a positive spin. There are a lot of things that need to be explained. I just worked on a terrible, tragic bus accident down south where uh, numerous people were killed, and Mm. it was a horrible incident. And uh, I sent staff down uh, to Mississippi, and we we worked it hard. Uh, Media were uh, interested that families around the country who had people on those buses were frightened and concerned. Uh, The media went uh, crazy over it. I mean, Mm. you know, train tears apart a bus and people, you know, strewn about the community uh, is horrible. There's no spin on that. There's no positive. The tragedy. What you do is to work hard as a crisis communicator in that case to help put the pieces back together. You're working on the family communication. You're certainly holding press conferences. You're working with uh, the bus company who's in shell shock. You're also working with the uh, local uh, politicians who are trying to position about that railroad crossing the safe. I mean, there are so many factors that go into this that there is no positive about that. That was a tragedy. Our job was then to provide factual information in a timely fashion. Our job was not to try to make lemonade out of a lemon. Absolutely. And like you said, you have to deal with the responsible parties that are involved and and tell it like it is and answer the questions. You know, in a a situation like that, particularly where we we have so many, uh, rightly so, emotions that are raw because of the situations, it would be challenging to be a crisis manager to step into that and, you know, kind of manage yourself and be effective too for some people. What are the qualities that make a a person effective as a crisis manager? There's a really important one, and that's when you show up at an accident site like that. While it sounds somewhat callous, you need to have exercised a great deal of independence and emotional neutrality. 
people pay me to come into their worst days and try to make sense of it and help them get something sorted out. So one of the really important qualities, you know, well, there's several important qualities, uh, but uh, your ability to listen, your ability to be neutral and quickly and accurately assess a situation, even though it may be changing minute by minute. You also have to have a person who's got a powerful communications background in both writing and verbal because we're going to be holding press conferences that are live TV and you're going to be issuing press statements. You're going to be writing letters. The NSTB is going to show up and cause you all sorts of trouble with their public affairs staff. So you have to know how to be able to be somewhat of a diplomat, if not a full diplomat, and being able to deal with multiple parties involved in a crisis such as that. Um, also, uh, you uh, you need to be able uh, uh, to sort separate the wheat from the chaff, and that means there's going to be a lot of stuff coming at you. What are the real facts? You know, you know, we always laugh about what's the true facts, but in many cases, you're presented with information that's absolutely wrong. Huh. Uh, for instance, in the bus accident, we actually had the wrong number for about two hours of the people, amount of people, number of people killed. Well. If you go out with that, what's that change? And you've seen, and I know you've seen this around the country, where people said something happened, they have to go out and do a retraction or this. So crisis managers need to be very, very cool, calculated, communicative, and by all means, having a global understanding of the news business because we don't know what's going to come at us next, and we better know the news cycle. We understand how social media is going to fit in that. We're going to have to react to that. Uh, so they have to have, I'd say, a pop culture background and a sort of cutting-edge understanding of new technology. I mean, there's a lot going into this because uh-huh. today it's a lot different than it was when I started uh, 42 years ago. Sure. Yeah, the, the channels for just communicating information the timeliness of them has evolved so much, and the number of them and the types have certainly evolved. When You know that PR people like control. We like to be in control. The world today is anything but that. When everyone on a United flight has a smartphone taking video, yeah, you're not in control of that anymore. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I really am curious. You know, you, you guys have, you know, with the innovation folks and the product management folks, uh, I think they see it uh, like anyone. We see it firsthand. We see how dramatic technology in the 24-7 news cycle has really changed how our lives operate. Uh-huh. And uh, it, we all have our personal crisis. We have a daughter that's doing some inappropriate texting, and you go ballistic, or, you know, someone has written on Yelp or Glassdoor a horrible review of your company or your products. That's PR crisis, man. Sometimes those can really run up the flagpole into somewhat of a full-blown crisis when it started with just a little thing. Right. I had a situation a couple of weeks ago where I had, uh, uh, and it's, it's a national story, uh, where a child was on a playground and burnt severely, had a two- or three-year-old, severely burnt feet from the playground. Whose fault is it? Playground, mother, no shoes, 92 degrees. Well, here's my problem. Here's how badly I misjudged the situation. So they had a video, handheld video from someone at the site saying, oh, this poor kid burned feet, just shut down the playground with her. Well, I said, okay, well, we'll probably get some media interest, maybe a little bit, but that went viral and it was 800,000 hits and a national news story the next day. In one day. Yep. 
That same thing happened with a, a baby they were doing dry drowning situation where a babysitter was putting a kid under a water park uh, thing and the kid was basically, you know, nine months old choking. And that got out and that created an amazing firestorm around the country. Yeah, and it happens that quickly now because we have so many people uh, taking video. And that's just the characteristic of it. Jim, when you're talking about the qualities of that effective crisis manager, the ones that stood out to me for a product manager to be particularly aware of when they're in the middle of the situation and having to, to respond to the product elements related to the crisis, that ability to try to be neutral, right? Have, have, have not be emotional about the situation, not expressing bias about the situation and listening and just presenting the facts of the product and what's going on helps get to the information quickly that is needed in the crisis situation, I would think. Yes, that's absolutely true. And product managers who are listening today, I can tell you this, a lot of questions about the products related to that uh, burning incident. Was it properly installed? Were the products been tested? Had the products had problems in other parts of the country? Your listeners will be involved with crisis, and I'm sure many are. Yeah, and it's all going to come out in time, and in that situation... You try not to be emotional about it and just share the actual information. I would love to have known the people who were involved in the VW diesel engine incident when it came time to go talk to the product managers and engineers, what those conversations were like, right? Because there was clearly internal pressure placed upon people to do something that the public clearly views as unethical. Well, in the case of Takata airbags, that's been going on now, seems like centuries. It's not, but a massive issue, massive recall, massive controversy. Millions of dollars have been spent on that crisis communication, I guarantee you. I don't have the facts in front of me, and uh, I know that you uh, are a research expert, and I like uh, empirical data, but we don't have the results in front of us, but I'm positive a lot of money was spent trying to spin the airbag story. Yep, no doubt. So I I want to make a little change here and talk about what do we need for effective crisis management? And so we we have a person who is hopefully unbiased, they're in touch with themselves well, self-aware. They can remain neutrally emotional about all this. But there's going to be steps that they carry through to be effective in a crisis situation. Let's talk about what those key aspects are. Well, the key aspects are the ability to respond quickly. Okay. So uh, I hope that a person can have the ability to have a, be a quick assembler of facts, uh, someone who can understand what's important and what's not important. One of the really interesting things I think we I ask a lot of times, is this really a crisis, hmm. a crisis or a crisis? I mean, Really, what determines what a crisis is? Well, I know I'm having a crisis figuring out what to get my daughter for her new dorm room. That's not really a crisis. That's just an issue. Right. However, I believe that crisis, in most cases, can be defined for the corporate people listening in today as a short or long-term damage to the companies, institutions, nonprofits, reputation thereby maybe resulting in long-term damage. So when you look at this, we want to be quick, we want to be responsive, we want to be we want to be a digger out of details, uh, we want to be uh, a writer that can cross platforms. Uh, in the case of a crisis, 
we want to make sure that we have uh, coordinating, uh, you know, roles with the people on the team. Uh, we want to quickly talk to the people about not going out to the press unless we're involved. So, so uh, uh, a crisis communicator on the side or by has to have command of almost an organizational uh, schema, if you will, that allows them to poke all this together and put it in sort of a really a, a program management effort. So there's a lot of factors, a lot of things you add and, to dis- and subtract, but it really is about managing a lot more than just a press release. Yeah. Uh, if it was that simple, I might be able to sign up for that, but this does not sound like a job <laughs> I want to particularly particularly do. <laughs> so, so you've emphasized speed, uh, you know, the, the, the timeliness it takes to just assemble the facts and, and be able to respond. I guess that's not really a step, but speed is a characteristic of, of effective crisis management. Accuracy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you, ha- having the right information. So, you, so tell us about accuracy. I am sad to report that over my 40 years, I have unfortunately announced that several people have passed away that didn't. Now, would you do that early in your career? That's a good lesson about getting your facts right. I used to manage a large organization where they had the conservation officers going out and doing drownings. Hmm. Well, we had a drowning and someone was under the water for a week and we got the wallet out. We didn't know where the missing persons were. And I had the name. It was John C. Smith, but actually the license said John D. Smith. And you know how bad that can go for you when you call the wrong family and oh, you no. put in the papers? No, no. It happens all the time. I'm just saying wow. early on in my career, it happened. Right. Okay. And that told me, you better be darn sure you're accurate or you could be eating crow and a lot worse for a long time. So it's accuracy at all costs. And in that situation, if you're not sure if the information is accurate enough, what do you do? When in doubt, leave it out. Okay, you don't report it. You try to avoid it because you don't know it's certain. Right. I mean, speculation and rumor mongering and innuendo has absolutely got no place in our business because that's probably what you're responding to as a crisis. Right. Very good. So we have speed is important, accuracy is important. What else are the keys here? I, I think it's important, as I said, uh, to be a good communicator. Yeah. I, um, if you're, if you're, unclear, you're befuddled, you're tripping over your language, you're not being precise in your explanations in writing or at the press podium, uh, you're going to have a problem as a crisis manager. Sure. Um, and also, uh, I think you have to, I, I wanted to throw this out, it's something I really don't talk about much, but I think you also have to have a, a nose for the news. You also need to know what these reporters and people are going to ask you and why. And if you walk into this with a bunch of hostile reporters or very aggressive reporters and you don't know how they're thinking or you don't know sort of what they're thinking and how they're going to approach it, you've got a problem on your hands. And uh, I think that uh, the press secretary Spicer showed that in his early days that he wasn't quite prepared enough to the challenges of handling that tumultuous environment. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. Yeah, because it is often a hostile environment, right? When, when a crisis like this happens, anyone's what we've talked about, news reporters want to find out what's going on and and make sure that people are held accountable. And right, well, I mean, a reporter will tell you, and I, I was a former reporter, and I have a lot of them working for me here. A reporter mm-hmm. will tell you something very simple: they're just trying to do their job. I mean, the public wants to know. 
uh, and whether it's valid that it's something that's a lot that's been blown out of proportions, one thing. But in a crisis situation, these reporters have a job to do, and they go back to their editors in the newsroom uh-huh. at 5 p.m. and they don't show up with anything that's valid. They're going to have a they're going they're not going to last. So they have a real motivation to do their job, and I don't have a problem with that. Uh, and I also don't have a problem being very clear with reporters in a crisis situation that we just can't provide you what you're looking for because we don't know ourselves. And, uh, and sometimes it takes a pretty good intestinal fortitude uh, to stand uh, the onslaught from a variety of sources, including the media, uh, you know, trying to get your goat. Yeah, sure. In the midst of this, you know, re- responding with information you have, being a clear communicator with that, how do you establish credibility as the spokesperson dealing with this crisis? Well, that's a that's a great question. Well, internally, you know, the, uh, you're the hired gun to be brought in to sort of right. make some sense of this. Funny, this is the reason I sort of balked, and I'll tell you why, is we, I, and my company, Tyrants, has a lot different philosophy than most crisis management many. I don't think I have credibility with the media in a crisis situation if it's not my situation. So we get what you find talking heads, right? Uh-huh. Sort of court appointed speaking bureaus from advertising PR agencies who want to get out in front. And we have a lot of people in our uh, region in the Midwest where, you know, people at their firms and PR firms want to be the spokesperson to there. I don't do that. So my credibility comes from putting the client out there or a client representative who automatically has credibility in their profession. And we're going to help them get through the crisis because if we put talking heads up there, that's not going to be as, it's not going to be as satisfying to the media. So I like to get my people trained up in advance, like we do. So we do a lot of crisis training years in advance with people. So when things happen, we have a protocol and everything happens. But I believe product managers be, need to be aware that sometimes they may be held up on the day us too. So a lot of companies do crisis management training for a staff among all verticals, so they understand, appreciate, and know what's going to happen. Hmm. Uh, so it is an interesting, that's uh, sort of like a million-dollar question to me, because I, I really think that it involves a lot of credibility, has to be issued forth by the people in the crosshairs. Now, some people say keep them out of it, put the lawyer out there. Okay, I do that all the time. But the best credible is the person who knows the business and is recognized as a business leader. I may not put the CEO out there because that could be, in the case of BP oil, a really bad idea, but there's usually someone there that's a communications person at that company or that university who we can use uh, to be uh, the spokesperson, and the media like that a lot better. Uh-huh. So that's a big question, and, and, and it's a complex answer, and not everyone's going to agree with that. Sure, but you're leveraging the, the resources of the organization involved in the crisis to identify the people that would be more credible actually addressing this and helping them know how to address this properly. That's absolutely true. And and it may be that <clears throat> you don't want to have too much involvement being a representation for something horrible. Sure. You know, I mean, you know, if, if it's a really bad situation, you're out there. Why do you want to, you want to get in front of the people about a million airbags that don't work? I don't know. Sometimes you do. But anyway, my point is there are times and places for the talking head I prefer to put the people on the day off that are the most knowledgeable, who can be trained, provided key messaging, coached, 
and we can manage the media, but we need those people involved. So I believe in direct involved. Plus, it also brings them along with us, right? If they're not buying in or co-creating with us this material, then we really have a probably a disconnect anyway that's not helpful. Sure. Yeah, you need, again, the responsible parties involved and uh, get the clear information and be able to communicate it clearly with what's going on. Right. So I've been thinking of lots of different crisis situations that we've seen in the news. Uh, you know, I think uh, the bottom line here for me as a product manager and for product managers and innovators listening is hopefully we never have to deal with this, but there might very well come a time that a product that we were involved in is the source of a crisis situation for the organization. And that's when we need to be able to step up, clearly communicate about what the aspects are we know about, find answers to, for the information that we don't know, and just be knowledgeable to clearly talk about the problem as we know it. And there will be times when product managers have to deal with that. So it's good to have some insights into this larger aspect of crisis management and how organizations deal with it uh, by working with companies such as yours. The more representation at a crisis management table across the boards and boundaries of an organization, the better. So we get all sorts of aspects. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we need those product insights for sure there. This is very helpful. It's an area that I don't, thankfully, I haven't had to deal with yet. And I hope it stays that way. I'm glad there's good people that can uh, uh, take this on like yourself. And it's another aspect to think about for product managers, you know, when this does come up. Listeners know I love innovation quotes, and I always ask a guest for an uh, innovation quote and uh, why that is important to them. So what did you bring for us? And just share um, why that's important to you, why you chose that one. Uh, it's a, it's a, a statement I've used. I've been teaching in a university setting for 18 years, and hmm. uh, I've taught a lot of high-profile athletes in the professional athletics. I've taught a lot of college players, and I asked them a simple question in my PR crisis classes or PR classes. On that decision you're making today, on that thing you did decided to do, how's that going to read on the front page of the paper tomorrow? Hmm. So, so I use an example of a young MBA prospect, top in his school, top college prospect plan, goes to the local bar, but he's only 20, the age is 21. Next day, he's in the slammer. Can't play the big playoff game. Coach is going crazy. Uh-huh. I asked. I asked. That didn't have to happen. Had you had the opportunity to think about it and realize what that headline would be in the paper the next day? Star athlete jailed. DUI. Why? Why let that happen? Right. So that's that quote to me. It's a good quote. A lot of the time we have that little pause inside our head when we're about to do something that makes us think like, uh, I don't know if I should really be doing that. <laughs> and we might just push through it anyhow. And framing it in this sense of, do you really want to see the outcome of that showing up in the front page of the paper tomorrow? What if you were a product manager for Honda and somebody up high told you to play around with the mileage results, the MPG numbers? Would you do it? Well, we know from the last few years that people have done that. Right. Yes. And product managers have to understand the ethical boundaries and realize, man, if I'm on board with some of this stuff, that's going to blow back on me and it's going to screw up my life really bad. And probably the company's going away. So, man, I tell you, product managers, live 
the good life, follow your conscience. And if you think there's any questions about these actions and how they may play out for you legally, I mean, some of these things get very bad. You need to stay close to the vest and tell people, I'm uncomfortable with this, and I think it could result in long-term or short-term damage to the company's reputation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very clear. Good wisdom to provide product managers. You know, hopefully we're increasing revenue, creating more value for the organization as we create value for our customers. But there's also negative ramifications based on what we do. And that's a good example of of the Honda or the real world case of VW of, you know, messing with such, uh, uh, such EPA type controls. Good wisdom. Thank you for sharing that quote with us and uh, helping us uh, put things in the perspective that we want to stay off the front page of, you know, the Google News search or uh, where, wherever that is showing up. What can listeners know about uh, your work in terms of if they want to follow up with you, contact you, learn more about what your organization does? Yeah, sure. We've got a 40-person shop in the Midwest. We're in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, we do uh, full-service agency PR advertising, lots of digital today, as everyone else saw. Uh, uh, and uh, so if you look to Hirons, H-I-R-O-N-S.com, Hirons.com, get on our website, you'll see case histories, current clients, bios on us. Hopefully I didn't make up too much. <laughs> and uh, uh, some other information about the service lines that we offer. Um, and uh, I think I think the site looks okay. I think it's got informative enough to get you through. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people in crisis, quite frankly, find us through the website. So hirings.com is a good place to look. Uh, there's some, you know, obviously forms on there if you'd like to get together and just talk informally. Uh, I tell people this. My phone number my cell phone number's on my card for a reason. Morning, noon, or night, seven days a week, snowstorm, or drought, call me. Let's get on it because timing is everything in crisis management. The quicker we get on it, the better chance we have of avoiding disaster. That's right. Yeah, speed's important. If people do want to connect with you personally, is your LinkedIn profile a good place to do that? I think the best place to look, actually, is uh, on our website again. Okay. Uh, uh, if you, if people want to look at her, get my email address off the website. Uh, it's J Parham, J P A R H A M at Hirons, H I R O N S dot com. I will respond to anyone's inquiry. I, I really am interested in furthering our business, but I'm most important in furthering people's comfortable comfort level with doing stuff. And I'm happy to provide some free consultation right off the bat if they're in trouble or got questions. I'm happy to do that. I mean, this is what we should do for each other, product managers and, and innovators alike. We should, we have to. It's you know, it's it's uh, all big one lifeboat to me. Well, I appreciate you sharing that information and how to find out more information about your company too. And the, this is, like I said, this is a new area for me to think more deeply about crisis management and uh, an area that product managers should be aware of. So I, I thank you for bringing the, that kind of framework to our mind and what's important in dealing with this, what are the qualities to kind of adhere to and try to help navigate a cri- crisis more smoothly. So Jim, thank you very much. Well, thank you. It's a great time. Thanks for listening. For a summary of the discussion with Jim, just go to theeverydayinnovator.com slash 139. From there, you can also download the Product Mastery Roadmap that shows you how to go from product manager to product master. All that and more is at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 139. Keep innovating. 
Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at theeverydayinnovator.com.